Life of Witches or something. <laughs> a discovery of witches. witches. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, watch two episodes. Uh Ooh. yes, Jean watched the entire series with her friends. Just binged it. Uh, yeah, they binged it. Um she also reread the books right before yeah, watching right. it and then complained that it was like eating, you know, hamburgers for a week <laughs> and really wanting something good. Oh, okay. You know, like uh, if you had eaten nothing but McDonald's for a week. And then you're like, oh, does everything taste terrible? You know, complaining about this writer writing about time-traveling vampires and witches. Time travel? Yes. Oh, I don't no. know if time travel's early in the series. I have a feeling it's later in the books. Well, listeners, series. <laughs> that's a good place for our spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, you're listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We're a podcast that talks about a horror movie and some recently watched. We will try to not spoil the recently watched and oh, we will try to spoil the uh, featured attraction. Which From uh, 1922. You. Yeah, get your shit together. <laughs> You've had uh, almost 100 years to watch this. Yes. Well, they might be waiting another you know, couple of years and they'll watch it on the centenary. Yeah. Really? Maybe they'll project it on the wall. <laughs> or maybe not. So um, thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features. You can find the music on iTunes or Amazon if you want to buy it digitally. And say hi to them on uh, the Facebook. The Facebook. Yeah. Moon Dash Rays. Yep. That's what they're calling themselves on there. There's another Moon Rays. That's why we tell you that. Yeah. But as far as I know, there's only one chewing the scenery, and that's us. Wow. Yeah. Really? I think so. Um, All right. We so that, got in early on that. Yeah. So we were talking a little Phrase bit. Of, everyone uses. <laughs> yeah. People say it all the time. Um, we were talking a little bit about A Discovery of Witches, which is uh, what I recently watched. A couple episodes of that and these two Nosferatu movies. So recently watched is done for me. Go ahead, guys. Do you like it? <laughs> Actually, it looks beautiful. I like the look of it and I like it. It's written well. Um, I'm not looking at the character saying, yeah, I don't believe you. Uh, I don't you know. You could be a time-traveling witch. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> or a time-traveling vampire. So it, it, it's, it's able to do what it does without being super stylized. And, and it just feels like a good quality production. Hopefully it stays that way, because I've seen that go off the tracks before. Other you know shows have gotten off to a great start and then did stupid things. Um, I hope this isn't one of them, and I'm only two episodes in. So uh, if you have AMC Premiere, I think, you can see it also. But I watch it on Shudder because AMC owns Shudder. Oh, okay. That's why that sort of suddenly looked like they were not so scrappy but suddenly had money. Mm. I think that's how that happened. 
I don't know so, for sure. I think they got bought. That may be unfortunate. Well, I mean, they got they got some big name I mean, movies in, which they didn't have before. So they they could have had us as sponsors, you know. Yeah, we, we but they went with AMC. It's yeah. Well, AMC owns the thing, so yeah, I, I guess they get to do what they want. Um, but really, I didn't get to uh, do a whole lot of watching stuff. So that's it for my recently watched. I kind of blurted that out. Will, how about you? Uh, I only watched two movies other than the two Nosferatu movies. Um, <clears throat> two fantastic pictures from 1983. Columbia Pictures, in fact. Your Hunter from the Future. Have you seen oh, this yeah. thing? I've heard of this. You've seen this. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. Uh, I'd never seen it either. Is it spelled Y-O-R? Yes. Not two R's? Nope. Okay. It's Roy backwards. Okay. Um, yeah. It's a caveman movie. And you wonder Um. the whole thing. Why is it Hunter from the Future? And then the last 20 minutes, some bad guy shows up. And you realize, oh, they're, they're in the future after, I don't know, man wiped himself out. Mm, where have we seen that before? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was better than the second one. Uh, also 1983, as I mentioned, Kroll. Oh, God. Now, Kroll I had seen. And Kroll, uh, earlier this week or last week or sometime, I thought of it. It was on Comet a while back. And I didn't get a chance to watch it. I was like, oh, I wonder if I could find a copy of Kroll. Um... Uh, Something I remember watching, but only once. And I was a kid, and I'm like, man, we watched Beastmaster 25 times. <laughs> but we only watched Crawl once. It must be really good. And, wow. Uh, as a child, I liked the A-Team and He-Man. Uh-huh. And yet Crawl somehow failed to make the mark. <laughs> <laughs> Although it combined those two ideas? I wish. <laughs> it did combine a lot of He-Man ideas. Yeah. So, do you remember this thing, Crawl? I borrowed it from Jolien last year. Oh, really? This is the one with the glaive, isn't it? Mm. Yes. I think I said that I'd never seen it, and he loaned it to me. And, oh, okay. And it, it looks of its time, which, you, in, in the way that uh, the effects don't look like as good as they could. Oh, it, I thought the effects were okay. Maybe that's what was But it was good. The, <laughs> the effects were okay, but the story was just dreary and dull. Maybe that's what it was. It was uh, at least at least we tried to watch it, and I found it like they wanted to be a fairy tale Star Wars. Sort right. Of. They wanted right. to be a Star Wars, but they didn't quite get the the mixture right. Yeah. You know, like the space wizards. That's okay, but yeah. people riding around on horses and knights is a little too far. I don't know. They mixed. They messed up the chemistry on the Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> so what went wrong with Crawl. So <laughs> join us next week <laughs> for the Crawl Minute. We're gonna watch. We're gonna watch Crawl one minute at a time. Ooh. We're gonna discuss one minute of Crawl for an hour. That's gonna okay. be a long, long watch. <laughs> we're still seriously considering the Pulp Fiction minute. Seriously. But uh, the Christian horror, the Christian horror movie podcast. Yeah. Yes, let's do it. Which we're all going to change to <laughs> the second we find some Christian horror movies. <laughs> Maybe we could just talk about Christian metal bands. Well, 
like to keep the horror movies in there. Yeah, I, I don't want to. If we can talk about them without having to listen to them, then. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, the the problem with it is it the the it, it's not good, I think is the problem, isn't mm-hmm. it? You know, typically, yep. yeah. Christian uh, Christian music in I'm, general. I've not I know, heard a good one ever. I know there were in the seventies. They made a bunch of those like last days sort of movies. Those would be Christian horror movies. I guess right? they would. Yeah. Oh shit! I did watch one other thing. Mother with an exclamation point. Oh. The... You saw that, didn't you, Julian? Yeah. yeah. Um, did you like it or did you hate it? Oh, I liked it. Oh, you did? Okay. No. <laughs> um, I wasn't sure what they were trying <laughs> yeah. to do at first. And then I went, oh, I see what they're trying to do. And they're really a little heavy handed with some of it. Mm-hmm. But then not all, of, uh, not all of what they were doing adhered to the, um, oh, not, not allegory. What would you call it? It was... Uh, uh, themes um, a theme a, well, a metaphor it, it was a metaphor i guess the whole thing was a big metaphor for mother earth and christianity and um basically man fucking up the planet you know whether it's in the name of religion or not and uh what put me off about the movie in the first place was i didn't remember hearing anything specific about it and i said oh well it's got a good cast i'm just going to start this thing and it's like, oh, okay, well, let's see where this goes, because I think this Ed Harris character might, you know, might have some problems. And then it's like, why has he got this big cut in his back? And then all of a sudden a woman shows up the next morning, and I went, um, okay, so he's missing a rib, and here's a woman? Is this what they're doing? But then she's just awful, and I really dig Michelle Pfeiffer, so to see her being awful was very jarring for me. She's great. Yeah, she does a really good job of being awful. Um, But it's everybody being so terrible, but then when they start showing up, more and more and more and more of them keep showing up, and I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Well, I think they're showing, you know, how the planet's getting screwed up because there's more and more and more people, and they're all being awful. Okay, I get it that's where it starts to get a little heavy handed and then it really goes off the rails. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know. So I watched it in two sessions. Okay. It's basically a two hour movie. So I watched an hour, then I watched the other hour the next night. Um, I'm in the, I didn't like it camp. Although I will say I can see the quality of it and I can see the intent. Um, it wasn't for me, Yeah. but, uh, I could say they did a good job of what they did. I just don't want it. (laughs) So, (laughs) I just liked it because it was so strange and it was kind of well done. And I, yeah. I've only seen it once. Yeah, I think it's a one and done kind yeah. of movie. Um, so <laughs> I don't even know like what to tell the listeners about it except, uh, yeah, it wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to revisit it, so it's it's heavy, isn't it? I wouldn't it? mind, but you know, I've just not felt the desire to. Right. So anything else, Will? No. Okay. Because yeah, I thought we were about to segue to Julian's list. What did you watch since we did this last? Uh, well, I finished reading the Hellboy saga. The, the, oh, very you know, nice. I got the Omni, Omnibuy. Omnibuy. So I read all those. That was, that was great. Um, all right. Uh, I think I saw only one other horror movie, which was Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker. <laughs> uh, I like the title. A.K.A. Night Warning. A.K.A. Nightmare Not- Maker. Yeah, that one's bad. Is it from Richard Band? No, this is this is uh, directed by William Asher in 1982. Mm. 
Hmm. And uh, he's one of those veteran directors who, who who found themselves doing horror movies in the early 80s. You're saying I've heard that name before. I yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, what did he do? He directed a whole bunch of TV. I was going to say, mm. this name has come up a lot, like on Bewitched and stuff like Bewitched, that. Bewitched, yeah. Uh, he was married to uh, Elizabeth Montgomery during the 60s. What? what? He's living the dream. 63 to 73. Wow. The good years. Uh, He directed a science fiction movie (laughs) called The 27th Day. Uh, Oh, yeah, that was the prequel to 28 Days. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He he was directing, like, I Love Lucy and Twilight Zone. Oh, okay. Yeah, you've seen his name. Yeah. Um, So this is set in Flagstaff, Arizona. Yeah, this is one of those, like, veteran directors. And it reminded me of, uh, like, um, uh, Night School and uh, Happy Birthday to Me. Mm. Like they found themselves doing a horror movie, and and they tended to make horror movies that were uh, kind of more perverse than <laughs> your standard slashes. Um, but anyway, uh, this kind of looks like a TV movie, but it, it's it's pretty disturbing. Uh, you have a three-year-old boy um, uh, named Billy, Billy Lynch, and his parents are killed in a road accident. Like they run in uh, the the brakes go and they're on the mountain road and they mm. crash into the back of a, a truck that's carrying logs and uh, one of the logs comes through the window and takes out the dad mm. uh, and then the, the woman kind of gets stuck on the <laughs> the car is stuck on the log and then when it turns the corner uh, the car goes flying out over <laughs> it's <gets> flung <laughs> yeah nice. falls into a stream upside down and then it blows up so uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then a dinosaur yeah. picks it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the, this, uh, of course, predates um, Final Destination by quite a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so then it goes to 14 years later, and Billy has been raised by his sinister aunt, um, who's uh, Aunt Cheryl, played by Susan Terrell. And uh, she is pretty... I mean, it's quite a performance. Oh, okay. Um and she she kind of lusts for him. Um, and it gets more disturbing from there. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've got a very early appearance by Bill Paxton as one of the other kids at high school. What year is this from? 82. Wow, so right around the same time as Terminator. And when he played yeah, the punk. a couple the... of years before Terminator. Yeah. Uh, Bo Svensson is this awful homophobic uh, detective. Hmm. Uh, lots of awful people in this small town. Yeah. Um, yeah, Julia Duffy is in it. She was in the New Heart show in the 80s. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, Cheryl doesn't want this, this guy to leave her house. And uh, she, like, uh, sabotages his... He, he gets an athletic scholarship to the University of Denver. Oh. <laughs> and uh, she guilts him. And then she stabs the TV repairman to death. This is pretty early in the movie, so I'm not spoiling it. Um, and she does other stuff to him to, to keep him with her. How does um, killing the TV repairman fit into her overall plan? Well, <laughs> if she, it doesn't give away too much. Yeah, she, she kind of twists it and she kind of... The detective comes in and he uh, he he comes out with all these sick theories. One of them happens to be pretty accurate, but he just goes further than that because he's so homophobic that he starts blaming the kid's coach. 
mm. and saying that he's having an affair with the kid and mm. well, who, who's now like uh, 17 but um yeah uh it's kind of a throwback to the 60s like the grand dame guignol films you know oh, okay. you people like bet davis and yeah um playing maniac yes mothers uh and there's there's some uh, quite a bit of splatter at the start and the end, but mostly it's just very uncomfortable. Oh. Um, and this was actually uh, on the video nasty list in Britain. Really? Hmm. Did they? Uh, they probably didn't specify why. No. They're like, we don't like the title. Well, there's, there's, they banned another movie called uh, Nightmare, aka Nightmares in a Damaged Brain, hmm. um, which has similar elements and is a little nastier, but. Um, they they might might just have been confused. Yeah, mm. that, would be, that was pretty typical. So uh, yeah, yeah, that was that. Better safe than sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah, just ban everything. Just yeah. ban them all. Yeah, I, I can't. You know, I can't recall going on a murderous rampage yet. No, not having seen all these movies, but you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm just blanking it out. Oh, yeah. Oh, certainly. Yeah, the first sign is not recalling. You'll wake it. up covered in blood yeah, sooner I, or later. Am I covered in blood? I can't see any. Or waking up <laughs> naked in the zoo. Yeah. That's always a good one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I that mean, happens in England a lot, I think. I think so. Yeah. It's mostly soccer hooligans. I'm sorry, <laughs> football footy fans. Uh, yeah. So that was your that was your recently watched. Yep. So um, this Nosferatu uh, thing that we're, that we're doing, can we really compare a 1922 movie versus a 1979 movie? Yeah, they're almost exactly the same. Well, yeah, except for one gets the benefit of uh, a lot of uh, upgrades in uh, filmmaking technology. And does that make a difference? Not really. I mean, they're both pretty straightforward films. And, you know, not to take anything away from F.W. Murnau, because this guy was a brilliant filmmaker, for, especially for his time. And I think if he had all the tools at his disposal, he would have done an even better job than he did. Um but uh, Will, you're you're a pretty big fan of Nosferatu. Yeah. For how long now? When when did you first see it? Um, back ooh. in the video store days. Yeah, back in the video store days when I think it was only sixty minutes long. Yeah. Before they um, found more. I don't know if they found more or they slowed it down or what happened, but at some <laughs> point, it became a more normal looking film. It used to be run at a very fast, jittery, um, jittery rate. Yeah. And uh, had ooh horrendous music. Oh, yeah. Just really awful music, but it was so, I don't know, it was like somebody filmed a dream or something mm-hmm. or a nightmare. Yeah. Um, because it looked so odd. So, that yeah. yeah, that's the kind of thing where they had to hand crank the cameras back then. They didn't have an actual motor on them, right? Yeah, the, the uh, speed of the film wasn't standardized for a while, right. like. Formats weren't standardized. Yeah, and they had no way to correct so, that in post yeah, either. So, so it was it was a while before you could like uh, so this, make it run at the proper speed. And yeah, this uh, was like technology. eighteen and a half frames or something. Yeah, um, <clears throat> even if that regular, as opposed to twenty four frames or something. So they sped it up and it looked all jittery. Yeah, it looked like a copy of a copy. Right. Uh, the one I watched on Prime was. Not a great copy. I've seen a really nice version of it that looks, uh, I don't know, surprisingly modern still. So they were able to stabilize the picture. Yeah, they stabilized the picture. They colored the screens. I don't know if that copy over there you have is, yeah, it's uh, is the one. Yeah, mm-hmm. they tinted all the 
all the screens, yeah. So it's not so blown out looking? And, yeah. And they repaired it and removed all the little hairs and scratches. and. That's great. Yeah. It looks, uh, <clears throat> I said, surprisingly modern. I mean, contemporary. Now, this was thought to be lost for quite a while, wasn't it? Yeah, because there's only ever one negative. Right. And um, The lawsuit. Yeah, so uh, yeah, um, uh, Stoker's widow is trying to destroy all the copies that yeah um, she uh, she eventually had had came to an agreement where they they agreed to destroy all the copies because she couldn't get her money off of them because they declared themselves bankrupt ah. so this was made by a Prana film which only existed for a year and only made this one movie mm. and they <laughs> declared themselves bankrupt to to escape having to pay her oh. enormous amounts very clever. Yeah, and then it was just shot on one camera and they had one negative, so they had prints made which went out around the world, and that's uh, that's how one survived. Ah. It really is amazing that uh, this, like so many other things, could have been lost to time yeah, once and for all. Yeah, a few of his early films have, have been lost. Yeah. He did yeah. one before this, which is like a un, unofficial make uh, version of uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, mm. called uh, the Januskopf, mm. uh, the head of Janus, oh, okay. which has, uh, that was in 1920, <clears throat> it has uh, Conrad Veidt in it, and uh, Bela Lugosi plays a butler. Oh. But that one's lost. <laughs> oh, too bad. And he na- made another one called Satan in 1920, with also with Conrad Veidt as Satan. Oh. Uh, but most of that's lost. Oh. So, well, it's maybe because of the lawsuit, this thing... I don't know. So was Murnau just a, an outlaw? Did he just say, you know what? I'm not going to bother <laughs> trying to get the rights to things. I'm just going to be like uh, like the Italians are going to be decades from now and just, <laughs> just make stuff that looks and acts like other stuff, but I'm not paying for it. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. He figured he could skate around copyright as far as I understand it. Yeah. Because he was just like, well, I don't have to pay for Frankenstein or Dracula. Yeah. You know. I could just follow the story almost exactly and uh, just call him a different guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they change the names and things. Count Orlock. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, so how does this work uh, when when it comes time for um, for the uh, 1979 remake? Uh, it was Dracula become public domain. Yeah. Oh, okay, so that that's why Herzog didn't really have to go by the original names used in the original Nosferatu. Yeah, so he could, he could change everything back to Dracula. And yeah, he's just like... Part of me wished he had kept it Count Orlock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. You know where... Uh, so originally he's called uh, Graf Orlock, which is Count yeah. Orlock. Um, and he's played by Max Schreck. Um, I, I wonder where Orlock came from. There's, there's like the hands of Orlock and there was... Yeah. At the time, but... Um, apparently the Hungarian word for devil is, uh, Odok. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. So it might be that, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that fits. Um, and Max Schreck didn't have that, that nose. No. Or the ears. Well, yeah, I kind of figured the ears and the teeth, you you know, but. (laughs) He did have the teeth though. (laughs) And the nails. Yeah. Yes. To, to stay out of sunlight. It's right. You know. Very strange. No, it was interesting because I, I saw pictures of him when I was doing my research for this. And I said, 
I kind of expected him to have like like that. Uh, what do they call that? Aquiline nose, that mm-hmm. sort of hawk beak shaped nose. Yes. No, he didn't <laughs> at all. In fact, and you wouldn't recognize him on the street if you had seen no, no. Nosferatu the night before. You wouldn't recognize him on the street the next day. Um, his, his wife plays the hospital nurse. Oh, how interesting! In the movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, the information I have on him that he was um, born in Berlin. Uh, he worked as an apprentice until his father's death before enrolling in a school for acting. And then apparently he caught the acting bug, toured the country with his peers, and was a member of several theater groups until he became part of uh, Max Reinhardt's group of, uh, of innovative German actors, um, playing mostly out-of-the-norm characters, elderly and grotesque, um, because of his talent and passion for makeup and costume fabrication. He was able to rise to those challenges. So... Um, they got the right dude for the job, for sure. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think you could just put anybody in there and put, you know, pointy ears on him and expect it to work. But uh, he, he physically played the role well. And it didn't hurt that he was six foot three. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was okay. super imposing, especially in his day. Like, that's fairly tall now. Yeah. We have yeah. some real giants now, but your average person is taller than in 1922. Yeah. So this is really kind of cool you know, that, that people thought, Oh man, there is something weird about this dude. <laughs> Did they get a real vampire? <laughs> so, uh, so this this whole thing um, uh, was really just movie making was new. Distribution, they could see how you could make money off of it, and Murnau was like, "Let's go for it." Mm-hmm. And and just like the way the Rolling Stones, whenever they go on tour, they just make a new a corporation just for that tour. And then they dissolve it when it's over. <laughs> Sounds kind of like the same thing. Well, I think the the film company was formed first, and uh, and uh, there was there's two guys. There's Enrico Diekmann, I'm I'm probably mangling these, and Alban Grau, who was the artist who was also into the occult, oh. and he did the posters. Oh, cool. Um, so they had the idea of wanting to do uh, something based on Dracula. Right. This falls under the category of German expressionism, right? Yep. So how how does that differ from other straightforward filmmaking that was happening in Germany? Do you have any idea? Because I don't. Straightforward filmmaking? I yeah. I think I've seen any other German films in the 20s. Yeah. Right. That's why I can't say, well, why is this expressionist and other stuff wasn't? Well, there isn't any other stuff I've seen, yeah, so I don't I've, know. I've only seen the expressionist stuff. I can't yeah. think of any other. So no idea what necessarily makes it expressionist? Well, it, it, well express, just, you know expressionism, right? Yeah. I mean, bleak angles and mm-hmm. shadows and, uh, you know. Making, like, extreme emotions, you know, visual bigger, form. Yeah. Yeah. So so really, it's just the the moving version of, of uh, expressionist painting. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about that because it's like, we're used to what they, you know, the kind of stuff that they were doing that was probably innovative and weird, but then it was probably innovative and weird for them. Oh yes, because yes. I look at it, and it's like well, that's not out of the ordinary. That's not weird, but uh, especially like that weird dissolve at the end when mm. Orlock disappears. Yeah, you know, that's the kind yeah. of stuff that people seeing that were like, "What? How they how they do that?" <laughs> yeah, clearly real vampire. <laughs> 
But that, yeah, that, um, the look of it, and then, of course, the famous uh, shadow going up the stairs, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that still looks good. Oh, yeah, that creeped me out when I saw it as a kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. I showed it, that, that clip on TV. And... One yeah, of my, that was always a creepy scene. <laughs> one of my regrets from the 90s was, was uh, not getting it together to go see um, Nosferatu with a live orchestra mm-hmm. playing the score. I missed it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I still have the little handbill from it and didn't go. Oh man, should have done it. I did yeah, go when and... they when they sometimes they do it here Halloween. Yeah, just look it up and yeah. you can you can go. Just keep it. Uh, last year or not last year? I think the year before, I went and uh, unfortunately they were out of sync. Oh yeah, that they happened. Ruined it. That happened when I saw. Um, it was one of Hitchcock's silent films. Was it Suspicion? Is that, is that one of them? Um, I, yeah, I mean, he made a lot of films. Yeah. Started with an S. But anyway, it was um, it was live orchestra, and they were off by just enough. Oh, as it, it was yeah. just yeah, it was just a fraction of a second, and it was like, oh, why? Yeah, why it's ruined the whole thing? They really have to be paying attention. Yeah, this one, I mean, it had a phone ringing and somebody was going to hit some little bells or something mm. and it was off by like a couple seconds. Ooh. And that was just like, ooh, the phone's not doing any... Oh, now it's ringing, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, apparently this was uh, re-released in the 30s. It was like a film called The Twelfth Hour, A Night of Terror. It came out in 1930, which is a re-edit, uh, which oh. Murnau had, didn't know about. Wow. Uh, where they they put in like a record and actually uh, synced to it. Oh, okay. Um, so, so you got music and special effect, uh, sound effects. Um, mm. No, no, like dialogue. Yeah. Just but, uh, creaking and, doors. And then the film was re-edited and new bits were put in. And wow. So they kind of ripped his, his rip off off. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what happens with rip offs. <laughs> you get ripped off. You'll get ripped off too. You know. It's the downside. Yeah. You, you know how um, uh, was, was, uh, uh, Mrs. Stoker heard about this film? So they did this. This is like a big gala opening in in Germany. And then someone sent her the program. Oh, really? Of this, this big occasion. Mm. That would be pretty hard to um, keep that hidden from somebody who everyone's going to go running to and say, hey, look at this other vampire thing. Yeah. So, um, as far as the story, uh, it doesn't deviate from Dracula much at all, does it? Well, it, it drops a lot of the, the characters, like there's no Van Helsing. Right. But otherwise, you've pretty much got the same idea of the guy being sent to this castle way far away yeah. to cut a deal, and then he gets sort of semi-vampirized. It's like they, they read the first half of the book and then they kind of skim the second half. Like yeah. they, they're like, they're know. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got this. I get that. I get the gist of it. Cut. They, they started filming. I got, we are not going to make it. So they tore out right. a big <laughs> chunk of it. Like John Ford used to do and threw it out. Lighting cigars with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He gets to Transylvania and then he's, he's seduced and it's pretty much a dream from, from when he's alone, when it, once he gets to the Carpathians, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You start seeing like the hyena. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's and talk about that. People talk about hyena. a werewolf. Yeah. So this striped hyena. Yeah. Yeah, this this doesn't belong. Right. Um, just like the armadillo doesn't belong in Dracula. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it's like we've got this exotic animal. No one's going to know what that thing is. Well, there's several things that don't make sense. Like uh, he he he. he uh, Nosferatu hitches a ride on the the ship. Yeah. yeah. From uh, Transylvania to northern Germany. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's kind of I don't hard, know how well you know a map of <laughs> Europe, but <laughs> it's it's a it's a difficult trip. Yeah. <laughs> You can go the long way around, but yes, yeah, so that's what I wondered. Like, because uh, in in uh, the remake, he he mentions it specifically. I mean, they kind of mention it in the silent one, I guess. But he mentions it. And I was like, oh, it takes four months to get there, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, I'll go by ship. And you're like, that's not going to make it no. faster <laughs> where oh. you're traveling. I mean, yeah, you this... have to go right all the way down the Mediterranean. Yes, and, and all the way the around. Peninsula and back down to the Baltics. Yeah, it would take a lot longer than four months or four weeks or whatever yeah. it was. So if you went back by land, you'd just be hopping. Well, it's still a long way. Right. Yeah, those, right. Those, you know, this is set in 1830-something, isn't it? Yeah, 1839, you have I to think. go up through Hungary, then Czechoslovakia, or whatever it was called back then. Yeah. And then up through Germany to the north coast. So it would yeah. take him weeks. Yeah, it would take four weeks probably, but uh, it's a lot faster. It's like whatever the Frankenstein, the Bride movie we watched, where they were going to Venice yeah. by way of Budapest, yeah, <laughs> from England or wherever they were supposed to be. Yeah, they, they were like somewhere just just north of Venice, weren't they? And yeah, they and they went way out of their way <laughs> to go to Budapest. I think they not fi- that I blame them. It sounds beautiful, <laughs> yeah. Budapest. They probably figured that mostly Americans were going to see these movies and not know. And if they did know, they wouldn't care. Well, this one, I mean, I don't know. It wouldn't have been made for American audiences. Maybe Germans weren't so sharp yeah. on geography then either. <laughs> so maybe, have you ever taken uh, Amtrak or Greyhound cross country? Ooh, it's rough, right? It's really rough. Yeah, and this cast of characters that get on and get off of a bus or a train, it's like, um, okay, so how much am I saving by doing this versus flying? And when I was in college, I couldn't really, because I was paying my own way, uh, I couldn't really afford the extra hundred bucks or whatever it was to fly, even though you get there three hours later. It's like, well, I'm going to spend two days on a damn bus... And all these weirdos are going to get on and off the whole time. And it's like, the only thing you can do is just drink (laughs) and try to sleep, try to read stuff, try to listen to music. Mm. But uh, I imagine what this was for Nosferatu or Dracula, whatever he wants to be called. Uh, Maybe he just wanted uh, like a carnival cruise for vampires where you got like this buffet. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe. He's got this onboard buffet. Just enough... Uh, just enough people until yeah. he comes drifting into port. Right. Which, uh, you know, the last one's lashed to the ship's wheel and uh, yeah. we're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, were people still freaked out about the plague back in 1920s? Well, I was thinking about that because they had the Spanish flu in yeah. 1918. Right. The syphilis epidemic was pretty recent. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I imagine they would. Yeah, they're thinking about, oh, man, the plague could come back. 
So they write this into the story where there's boxes full of rats carrying the plague. Mm -hmm. Now that looked really striking in the 1979 remake, the Werner Herzog one, because they had all of these crosses and coffins that were yellow. And I don't know if that was the color of, oh shit, this is the plague, stay away from it. Uh, I think it was just... Style choices. It was just fine. It was just the wood. I mean, it was yellow, like painted yellow. Oh, okay. But I, I kind of think, well, either it was a, a visual style choice or it was yeah, he, what one, they did. Uh, there was this, the remake has uh, cruelty to animals in it. I don't know if you know about that. No. Uh, he wanted the rats to be, they had to be brought over from Hungary. And uh, they wanted to film in the same towns that the uh, original had been filmed in. Yeah. Um, so Wismar and Lubeck. Um, but uh, he had to move it to uh, the Netherlands because they, they wouldn't allow him to pour rats into the town. <laughs> and uh, he wanted these, these these rats from uh, Hungary happened to be white and uh, he wanted them to be grey. So yeah. he ordered them to be dyed. And then the process of dyeing these rats involved boiling them. What? Which killed like a high percentage of them. Wow. And then once they the, the survivors got out of the tank, they uh, they just licked the dye off. <laughs> My God. So, uh, yeah, lots of rats die for nothing. Wow. That's weird. But those kittens at the beginning, they were playing with books and apples. Yeah. It was adorable. It was. It was the cutest opening to a vampire movie ever. Um, yeah, you get you get um, all these shots of these mummies. Yeah, yeah. He he had, he went to Guanajuato and and he got them to take the the, the corpses out of the cases. Oh no! And kidding. then he arranged them going from child up to you know progression oh, of age. Yeah, and then the slow motion bat, and then kittens and apples. Yeah, <laughs> it was so cute. And then it's it like was. And my notes here say, and then there's these Ponzi fuckers. <laughs> I just showed a bunch of people with frilly shirts and I'm like, what are they going to do? Um, but the first thing I noticed after being judgmental like that was that every, every, uh, scene that he sets up looks like it could be a painting. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't mean that in the, you know, the cliche, Oh, every frame a painting, but no, some of this stuff looked like if you did pause your DVD, that would be a good subject for a painting. And mm -hmm. it looked great. Yeah. I mean, all this stuff that Herzog, I mean, great filmmaker. Yeah. As was Murnau. So you, you've got somebody who's qualified to take on the task of making a beautiful color remake of, of a classic. And, and I thought he did a good job. Um, a lot more stuff. <laughs> it's funny, the villagers, when, when they're heading, when uh, Harker's character is heading to uh, go meet with uh, Dracula, as we're calling him now. Uh, the villagers all but do a spit take when he mentions Dracula. The woman drops a bowl and it breaks. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting some... <laughs> but that didn't quite happen. But the gypsies seem to know a lot. And I don't even remember. There, were there gypsies in the original? Yeah. There were? Okay. But they were... Were they as obviously gypsies as these guys? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I was like... The guy had a funny mustache, the uh, oh, yeah. tavern owner, owner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one who talks about the werewolf. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah and he I... tells him basically the same thing. You can't you can't go tonight. They, do, they don't have that little bit where he's like, can I 
buy a horse from you or can I right. get a carriage ride? So I don't have a carriage. That whole bit was right. new. Okay. That's one of my favorite parts of Dracula is that the carriage is being driven by a bat. <laughs> yeah. At that one point. You see Lugosi, you know, peering through his scarf or whatever in his hat. Yeah. And then the next time Harker looks out there, it's like, there's just a bat. Do you notice one of the, in the original Nosferatu, one of the things they did, uh, when the carriage is going and they, they kind of undercrank it, so it's going really fast through the forest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at one point it switches to a negative, but the carriage is still black. Do you notice that? No. It, it takes a couple of viewings to, to notice it. Think, huh? Oh, that's cool. How come? So what they did was like they changed the colors of the the carriage so they made the, the carriage white yeah oh so when they, they shot, shot it, it negative it's still black oh, oh nice. that's great what a great idea yeah i like that it's not as that's not as innovative as uh how they made the invisible man invisible but it's still pretty cool i think it's really cool because it's yeah. like yeah. It, it's pretty fast and and uh you just think oh something's weird right yeah but it, it's not you don't even register it consciously oh that's so there's, cool there's loads of touches like that did you um, did you appreciate the uh, the fact that uh, Kinski as Dracula uh, was so eloquent, looked like a complete monster. Mm-hmm. He's really pale, has all the same wretched features as the original, but super eloquent when he speaks. And then, um, you know, for a monster, very eloquent. But is is Harker not noticing? Is Jonathan Harker not noticing how this guy is? An actual monster right in front of him? Well, he doesn't want to be rude. <laughs> right. It's, he's like, am I crazy? <laughs> well, the, the original, the, the guy in the original, what, what do they call him? Uh, it's I, I, it's I, Harker. Yeah, the, but anyway, the Harker equivalent in the, in the original, um, he's like, yeah. he's he's an idiot. I mean, he, oh, he, yeah. he never comes around to... Hutter. ...figuring out what's going on. Yeah, Hutter. Or Hutter or whatever. Uh, and... Uh, uh, you know, he reads the vampire lore and everything. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, there's like, a, he's, he's pretty, he pre, he's pretty much impotent. Yeah. So, so Ellen's this like Madonna figure. He's impotent. And then Nosferatu is the sexual predator, but he's yeah. dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> so weird. Yeah. yeah. So there's always like unrequited <laughs> desire going on. That is interesting. In the movie. It's like like the ship he the, he comes in on is uh, named after the goddess of fertility. Oh, the Demeter. Demeter, yeah. 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 Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, there's lots of stuff like that in it. Oh, that's cool. Uh, they they did borrow the um, the nineteen uh, nineteen thirty one Dracula the Children of the Night line. Mm. They borrowed that for um, Herzog's seventy nine remake. Uh, he almost says it word for word, not quite, mm-hmm. but the wolves are howling in the distance. And uh, the morbid cuckoo clock, do you remember this? Yes. There was like a death-themed cuckoo clock. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a death, there's like a skeletal clock in the original. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that was pretty cool. And my question was, um, so they're, they're working in a, in a sort of a professional in, um, relationship here. You've got a realtor's agent and a buyer. Does mm-hmm. blood sucking cross a line? Yes. <laughs> okay. So when you're, you know, sharing a meal is not crossing a line. That's that's customary. 
Right. You cut your finger during that meal, and the potential buyer sucks your finger <laughs> for the blood in it. Well, if you know, uh, I've not seen the new one for a, for a while, but um, in the original, there's several contracts. The p- plot is propelled by contracts. Oh. Mm-hmm. So he goes to find. He's a guy who can't afford his own house, but he goes to see this nobleman who's got the money, who can afford. He can do everything that this that Hutter can't do. Okay. Um, the impotent guy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So this guy's a nobleman. He's uh, uh, he's he's going to buy up this property. You know, he's going to get his woman. He stands very tall and erect. Yeah, and there's these several contracts like uh, there's like. Um, uh, in vampire law, there's like things like uh, you can't enter unless someone invites you and stuff like yeah, that. There's, right. there's various contractual things that vampires are obliged to do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so so yeah, a lot of the the plot turns on contracts that characters make between each other. That is really cool. I guess I never noticed that. <laughs> That's great though. Um, so Lucy. In the remake, very striking-looking woman, mm-hmm. um, Isabella Gianni. Yeah, uh, what else do we know her from? She was possess. Oh, okay. Possession. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a huge actress in France. I, yeah, yeah, I've seen tons of her stuff. Yeah, she looked super familiar, and I'm like, I know I've seen her in stuff from that era. I just yeah. don't remember what uh, it was. Why do you think they got rid of Nina? I don't know. Mina in the book. But there is another woman in the. Uh, she, she's just like uh, there's, this, there's there's another couple in the original film. They're, they're on screen very briefly. Yeah. And then uh, when Nosferatu arrives in town, she's uh, she's awoken in the night. Yeah. And uh, she's uh, she tries to wake her servant, but but who's mysteriously doesn't wake up even though the bell's going. Yeah. And then she cowers back, but you never see Nosferatu. No, no. You never see what happens to her. Yeah. So. And then uh, Herzog just does away with her completely Mm -hmm. and takes her name. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that is odd. I never really considered um, the vampire's motives in the first movie so much as I did in the remake. Does he want to bring the plague to this town? Yeah. To this continent? That's what Nosferatu means, is the plague bringer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Then clearly he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's in his name. It's in his name. You shouldn't be selling him a house in your town, because you know what he's going to do? Bring the plague. And I think the original they talk about, at least the version that I watched, talked about the first Nosferatu being born in some 1443 or something. Mm. Huh. He's the spawn of Belial. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Stuff I learned doing this podcast. I've learned a lot doing this well, podcast. The yeah. guy, guy playing the Renfield character in the in the Herzog version is uh, Roland Topor. Do you know uh-huh. him? No. No. He's a cartoonist. Um, if you've seen uh, Fantastic Planet. Oh, okay. That's his... Really? That's his work. Oh, wow. He's yeah. pretty bananas in this thing. Yeah. yeah. He's a pretty eccentric guy. So he's a little nutty in real life? Yeah, French cartoonist, graphic artist, born in Paris, 1938, of Jewish refugee parents. Um, then he finished, founded the movement Panique in 1960, 
um, and he's been exhibited all around the world. Uh, he worked in the satirical magazine called Harakiri in France. Um, he collaborated with René Lelou on animated cartoons, including uh, Dead Times and The Snails and uh, Fantastic Planet. Um, yeah, very black humour. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Excellent uh, artist. That's wow. cool. That's so cool. Um, do you feel like um, the character of Lucy was uh, as heroic in the original as she was in the remake? Um, she's not as well developed in the original, but uh, she still goes through the same character. Comes to the same yeah. decision that you know, she has to trap Dracula. Yeah. I guess I should ask, is, is she as um, onto him as early? Because she seems to pick up on what's wrong earlier in the Herzog remake. Yeah, because she knows something's wrong before something's even before happened, it's, even before... It's falling apart. That uh, Harker goes to... He, he doesn't even know he has that job yet. Right. He hasn't gone to Renfield and been told that he's going to Transylvania. Right. So she knows something's wrong. Yeah. If you watch why. the original, she's always uh, associated with her window, especially her bedroom window. Mm-hmm. It's this kind of borderline of her desire, and then the forbidden desires outside. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So uh, she gets this psychic link. So she's between these two male figures. Mm-hmm. And then so you see her drawn further and further and like at one point she's drawn out of her out the french windows and she's like yeah, on she's, the edge of the she's tiptoeing up on the on yeah. the ballots yeah. yeah um in the yeah and then at the end it's you know again she's in the bedroom and she's got the window and that's yeah. the vital thing that she needs to to perform her sacrifice yeah and that that was one of my questions does she truly sacrifice herself and my vote is yes, she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no other way around it. Um, they used the consecrated host in the remake. I don't think they used that in the original, did they? No. They kept religion kind of a little more out of it. Yeah, they, they, she's she's obviously <clears throat> a Madonna figure, and she does this kind of uh, saintly pose at the end when she yeah. dies. Yeah. As far as, far as that original goes, though, um, she knows from having read this... Is it the same deal where she's read the book and knows that... If she's pure and and willingly yeah. gives her blood, in fact, there's an intertitle, uh, which is something like, uh, uh, "If a virgin gives herself uh, in in the night and holds him there till morning, uh, yeah. until the cock crows." Yeah, you know, a little bit of a double yeah. entendre going on there. Sure, oh, that. sure, <laughs> single. Entendre. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. No subtext, just text. Yeah. So that's that is really what I was wondering is is uh, this? She's not going to try and pull a fast one at the end and get away. She mm-hmm. she knows it's over for her too, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I couldn't see it any other way. I'm thinking I'm not missing anything here. I don't think she's so. not under a spell. She's made a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of uh, women in movies. I'm I'm sure got that sort of power. And I think that's for 1922 or 1979. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's um, kind of a big deal, really. So that's that's something I really noticed this time around and really liked. Yeah. So, um, Will, you've seen the original 
many times, right? Mm-hmm. And it and it it's pretty high on your list of favorites. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah, it's top ten. There are people who can't be bothered to watch a black and white movie. Certainly aren't going to watch a silent movie. That's, oh, that's in black not. and white. Ah, uh, they're missing out on something. I don't know. I just find it like watching a movie that really was filmed in 1843 or something. It looks so old. It's so ancient and weird looking. It looks mm-hmm. like a moving tintype. Yeah. Those are salt uh, warehouses are still there. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you can go and visit. With them. the arch doorway? Yeah, that there's kind of empty windows across from her bedroom. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. yeah. That building, still there. Wow. That, yeah, that the famous scene where he's in the the peaked arch doorway. Yeah. Uh, that castle. Um, my friend Jim Stevens visited that. Oh. Yeah. Wow. He, he said it was really cool to actually be there and see that. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. That, you know, goals for vacation one year, right? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Jolien, has this always been on your? Oh, yeah, yeah, higher up in your list. Yeah, of his films. Uh, if you like this one, then he also did Faust, 1926. Okay. Don't think I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, Sunrise, 1927. I haven't right. seen that one. Did, one of the greats. Did he make it into talkies? No, he got as far as uh, 1931. He, he made this film called, called Taboo, and then the week before it premiered, he was killed in a car crash. Oh, wow. Log came through the windshield, mm-hmm. took yeah. his head off. Yeah. Then turned the corner and flung his wife off. Right. <laughs> wow, that's horrible. It's. I mean, it's kind of poetic and cool because he'd he, be dead he, by now anyway. Yeah, but... <laughs> on World War One, he was in the uh, Air Force or whatever it was called in, in right. Germany, and uh, he was in eight crashes. Wow. What? Walked away from all of them, and then he was then he was, became a prisoner of war, and that's how he spent the rest of the war. Damn. <laughs> so he's happy to be making movies yeah you could always say well at least it's not prison camp yeah and, and he was working with uh, you know various other people you know from horror movies so uh, Carl Meyer who wrote uh, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari right oh um, he worked with Carl Frund who photographed The Mummy and not the good one Will uh, The Mad Love <laughs> not the Tom Cruise the good Mummy 2017 <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, lots of, I mean, that whole generation of German directors who fled and came over and yeah, yeah. started making horror movies in, in America. Yeah. So do you feel it was, obviously wasn't necessary. Do you feel it was well advised for Herzog to uh, take on making that remake? Yeah, I think, uh, this is the first time I've watched it in, since I've seen it originally. Right. Uh, I remember it being very slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is, but I really like the slowness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas when I first watched it, I I, I didn't appreciate that. Yeah, because you'd been watching Freddy Krueger and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, you're like, no, this is too slow. And there's No one's popping out and slashing anyone. Yeah. I'm bored. I was a kid. And, I'm bored. And, Back in the day, you know, before I, <clears throat> we could afford a video player, I had uh-huh. to watch everything. You know, horror movies would be on late at night. You just have to stay up for them. Yeah. So yeah. you'd be exhausted and this this hypnotically slow thing came on. It's just like, I don't <laughs> think I made it through. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't I think, think I stayed so. up to see the vampire. And then... I remembered yeah. nothing of my original viewing except for a few little mental vignettes of Kinski, you know, being cool looking. 
Yeah. And not much else. You know, maybe the rats. I, I remembered almost nothing. I remember the rats. Yeah. But this, um, you know, being a rewatch, which is almost the same as a watching it for the first time for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was, I was completely, uh, I was fairly tired and it was fairly late at night when I started this and I didn't nod off once watching mm. it. Yeah. Um, I missed the very end because the video okay. froze. <gasps> like the, the feed was, you get that stupid message up on your screen saying no. that some, some problem on the platform. So uh, it's okay. So, I missed the last few seconds of the movie, but did you see him turn into a vampire? There you go. Oh, cool, cool. Har- yeah, we're Harker. Gonna, we're gonna watch this. Uh, I'm guessing I didn't because I think right after you see um, Kinski roll into a ball and cringe, it, it, there's and a shot die of, on the floor. Yeah, there's a and shot of her in the bed. Van Helsing calls for a steak. Ah. Uh, and uh, and then Harker's like, uh, some people show up, and he's like, oh, he's just killed the Count. Uh. Uh, and they go and get Van Helsing, who has a bloody stake. Uh. And he doesn't deny it, but they're like, lock him up. He's like, but who's going to lock me up? And there's a bit of comedy where a really old guy who's the last public servant <laughs> in the town's like, I'm not going to lock him up. I'm... Where where am I going to take him anyway? Right. The prison? Kittens licking the bloody steak. Yeah. It's very cute. It's really <laughs> oh, cute. The, the kittens that were playing with apples earlier? Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. They've lost their innocence. Yeah. They, they turn out to be weird kittens. Oh, were great. Kittens. So Ooh. the sequel, Attack of the Were Kittens. Yeah. Very Some of Herzog's different. better work. Very different, Phil. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Harker then... You, they, the camera finally focuses on him, and he has the same teeth and oh, features. Shit. So that's like five minutes left on this movie mm-hmm. that I didn't see. Yeah, yeah. That I paid. And for. then it just ends. There's no real credits afterwards. So oh, wow. So if you were thinking you you know you have five minutes of credits to view. No. Okay. Know, so. I thought the camera was going to pull back or whatever, and that's that. Yeah. But nope. There's there's some content I missed. That's mm-hmm. that's great. So, unlike the original where he's done for, yeah. this one, Nosferatu, lives on? Yeah. Yeah, the curse lives on. Yes, he, he's riding a chariot into town, flanked yeah. by were-kittens. Yeah. yeah. He's throwing apples to all <laughs> plague-infested <laughs> apples that have been licked by rats whose dye mm. is coming off. Yeah. Go Herzog! Shall, um, I, shall I whip through a bit of a Nosferatu in film? Please do. This is one, one of the definitive vampires. Yes, please um, do. He turns up in lots of. No, he turns up in The Simpsons and whatever. Yeah. But uh, in terms of uh, movies, there was one made in Brazil in 1971 called uh, Nosferatu no Brasil, uh, which I've not seen. I have not heard uh, of it. Kurt Barlow in Salem's Lot, also uh-huh. also 1979. Absolutely. Good year for Nosferatu. Uh, 79, good year for Nosferatu. <laughs> uh, 1992, uh, Batman Returns, Christopher Walken plays Max, Max Shrek. Shrek. Uh, 1988, there's uh, Nosferatu at Venezia, uh, which is which has Klaus Kinski as the vampire. Ah. And uh, uh, it was called A Vampire in Venice Okay. in English. Um, 2000, there was Shadow of the Vampire. Right. Oh. And... 
And then in 3000, there was Dracula, or Dracula 3000. Yes. Uh, where the Dracula is called Count Orlok. Oh. It's referred oh. to as Count Orlok, apparently. I've not seen it. Uh, and then in 2014, there was What We Do in the Shadows, where you've got uh, Petir. Yes. Muddled on Orlok. Yes. And there was also, I mean, he's turned up in lots of different media, but there was also a video game. I'm referring to the new issue of Wang's Job. Mm-hmm. Featured uh, on our Instagram very have, recently. They have a, uh, one of the articles is uh, horror movies in uh, early video games. Yeah. So there's, there's one called uh, Nosferatu the Vampire. With a Y. For the Amstrad CPC, Commodore 64 and ZX Spectrum. Came out in 1986. Wow. What? Based on the 1979 film by Werner Herzog. Yeah. You play as Jonathan Harker, Lucy Westendra, and Professor Van Helsing as you hunt and attempt to destroy the vampire. It's a 3D isometric game. Wow. Wow. That's cool. That's not just a little 8-bit a Lego people. There. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. Well, that That's pretty comprehensive. I, I think that's that probably covers our Nosferatu bases for, for that. Um it goes without saying that we all really dig, you know, Herzog's work doing, um, doing a, a service to the 1922 Murnau original. Mm-hmm. Um, do we need to try to pick a winner? Do we need to compare the two? I don't know that we do. Uh, I, I, I watched the original over and over. Yeah. Uh, since I found out about the animal cruelty, I've not been keen on watching the new one. That's fair. Again, but you know, I'll watch it again sometime. Yeah. I'm hoping for a, a really good edition of it to come out. There's been pretty basic ones. Yeah. Yeah. Released, but uh, yeah, the I'm waiting for a really good one on remaster. Prime didn't look great. So, yeah. so um, it was very uh, squashed. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, television. Oh, okay. Framing, sort of. I'm looking to see who did the music. Uh, um, uh, they they did several Herzog soundtracks. Okay. Um, yeah, Popova. Okay. And then uh, for and, the... And, and the soundtrack was difficult to find uh, because it's basically a compilation of three different records that okay. they were involved with. Um, and and then other pieces of music. Right. Uh, you know, classical pieces and so on. Right. And then the um, the 1922 original, when, when this was uh, re-released, did they put, like, Philip Glass or anybody on that? Uh, I know that's the... They did that with Metropolis, didn't they? Was that Philip Glass? Uh, he was Dracula. The oh, Dracula. yeah, that's what it was. It was Dracula. Uh, who's, the, who's the guy who did the soundtracks for the Hammer Draculas? I'm um, blanking on his name. But he, he did a score for Nosferatu. Oh, okay. Timothy Howard? No, no, no. Because that's what this says here for Bernard. this version. Bernard. Yeah, Timothy Howe did an organ soundtrack for okay. one of the DVDs of Nosferatu. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's been various live ones like um, uh, Apex Twin. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. Mm. I'd like to find that. Yeah, that would be cool. So, um, Will, do you feel like you have to pick a winner on this one or we just like them both for different reasons? I like them both for different reasons. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they really are pretty close. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, you've got two great filmmakers with different tools and, and different things at their disposal in very different times. So it isn't really a, uh, an even comparison. So I, I say watch them both. You know, that's, that's all back I could say. Back to back. 
Back to back if you can. Yeah, late at night. <laughs> yeah, have some caffeine first. <laughs> Anything else before we get out of here? No, mm-hmm. uh, although off air we'll talk about uh, what we should watch next. Yeah, All right. Yeah, we'll do that. And uh, I know there's a couple of things that, that uh, have been suggestions, but it's a matter of having a good copy or enough copies for us all to get it covered. But uh, you know how I mentioned Nadja? Yeah. Um, spelled N-A-D-J-A. Um, I got myself curious after we talked about it um, when we did the addiction. So that night I went on, well, let's see what, if there's one on eBay. And I found one. Hmm. I found several that were overpriced for whatever reason, but I found one that was normal price and bought it. It was a used copy, but it's in good shape. So we'll talk about that one another time. Okay. But yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out and we'll uh, get it out there. Okay. All right. Listeners, thank you for listening. Stay off the Morris. <laughs>